Thank you for listening to Lone Star Community Radio. This program was broadcasted and recorded live from the LSCR studios in downtown Conroe, Texas. Lone Star Community Radio is supported by listeners like you. Donate and sponsor today. For more information on getting involved with Lone Star Community Radio, contact us at lscrstudios at gmail.com or visit us online at www.irlonestar.com. Oh. Do you know a little bit about our campaign at all? I mean, I've I read your website. I basically gone through your website pretty extensively and then uh, checked out your social media. And it's, you know, it's really, and again, this is kind of what I want to get to the interview. So why don't we uh, just take a quick breath and then we can talk about it. Okay. Real quick. You're listening to Mornings on Lone Star here on Lone Star Community Radio, IRLoneStar.com worldwide, Connors FM 104.5, 106.1. We are live in the studio, guys. That means you, we are on Facebook Live, YouTube Live. So if you're listening on our app, tune in right now because I got a very special guest in the studio. We got a person running for the President of the United States with us. We have Ryan Binkley on Zoom call with us. Ryan, what's going on? Not much. It's great to be with you, Dick. So proud to be here with back in Texas. Oh, yeah. On a Sunday tour through Iowa, New Hampshire. So I'm home. And it's great to be here. Well, great I want to let you. I want to let the viewers and the listeners know if you want to know any information about Ryan, I put links to his website. It's Binkley2024.com. Uh, and also I'll put his social media links and all that kind of stuff in the description. And then if anything else we through our conversation we need to add, we'll add it. But right now you can check out the general information about Ryan while we're talking about running for president. And uh, to let folks know, Ryan is in Dallas uh, right now. So you're from you were you born in Texas? No, I was born in Columbus, Georgia, kind of okay. a small town, southwest Georgia. I yeah. got here probably as about five or six years old, and I've uh, been here most of my life. That's awesome. That's awesome. And uh, you, let, let's start with day one. You have been uh, a successful business guy from what I'm reading about you. Uh, you've been involved in Texas for a long time, and then you woke up one day and said, I'm tired of this crap that I watch on TV all day with these these presidents, and I want to run for president. You know, that's it, basically. So, yeah, you know, we uh, we have a slogan in one of our speeches called "The Weight of Freedom," and some of the young people uh, said, "Hey, that's a good acronym, WTF." So we have these WTF, but it says "The Weight of Freedom" in small. I love freedom. it. I love it. So, yeah, I was going. Yeah, where's the freedom? What's going on around here? So. It was a little different than that, but uh, somewhat like that. So. Yeah, I feel like right now, especially like a little bit before COVID, around COVID time to today, I feel like we're all stuck at like the old school DMV, and we don't have the proper like paperwork. So when it's finally we get our name called, it's like, oh, you need file C40, and you're like, oh, okay, and then you have to wait in line again after you find the file, and it's like, it's weird, because... I don't know what it is about the current culture with politics. It's just like I feel like I'm misinformed and I'm waiting a lot. That's why I was kind of making that analogy to. Uh, no, we we are in like the twilight zone. We have got so many things going on. We see corruption, you know, on both sides. Actually, you know, I mean, I could go into detail since what all I've learned since I've been here. But you know, the politics of everything from the Republican National Committee politics to uh, presidential politics to media politics so many things at the heart of this whole thing is a message that god i really believe this god's got a plan for our country he wants to he wants to, us to end this kind of culture of division 
focus on some real things that matter because this is what I think, Dick. I think something's coming we're not prepared for. You know, I'm kind of my backgrounds, mergers and acquisitions, finance and economics, and we are in trouble. And um, the way I see things, and we can go into detail, if we don't make some big changes, our children and children's children are going to be impacted for generations uh, financially and, and culturally. If we don't break this division, we, we won't be able to solve anything that's really relevant to our lives. Yeah, it's it's kind of weird because, you know, I would say we'll, we'll, for like the past 70 years, I'm a, I'm a big sci-fi guy and things like that. And I love these, you know, 1984, like there's that thought process of people creating fiction predicting what we think the future is going to be. And then there's little snippets from all those authors and those great thinkers of like, oh, this is actually happening, but we didn't really think it was going to be coming from this angle. It's actually from this angle. And especially with the division idea and then the way the world, especially like the corporate world, like when people think of the corporate world, it's completely different. We're not thinking giant billboards like from Back to the Future where it's everywhere. Like we're not thinking that. We're actually, it's the complete opposite. They just want to, they literally want to buy everything and control everything. And it's a little weird. Like uh, the other day, I was reading an article about how many corporations and hedge funds are like those type of companies are just buying residential homes. And I was thinking to myself, I was like, I wonder who thought of that because I, why did they all of a sudden just start doing it? Because I figured, like, I feel like they would have been doing that for a long time ago because of how easy it is just because they have the cash. So all of a sudden, something changed in that world of making money. And so, I, like you said, there's like there's something coming. I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. What is coming? Like, I don't really know. So, can you well, give give me a little insight? Tell me, like, give me some well, crazy, okay. uh, you, like, dystopian kind of overview. But then give me a positive because I need a positive. Okay. Yeah. So deep state, dark. <laughs> there's some tough things out there. I mean, you know, so many people are expecting economic failure, really, in our country at some point in time. You know, I talked to a lot of friends that are involved in cryptocurrency. And they're buying all this cryptocurrency. Why? Because they think the dollar mainly is going to fail one day. They want absolutely no visibility with the government. So if the government ever comes up with its own cryptocurrency or digital dollar, do they want anything to do with it? Because they think they're going to, you know, survey every purchase they make and then keep them from purchasing something. If they post something on social media that is uh, disrespectful to the state, right? So that's the deep side where the, it gets deeper in the fact that we're in so much debt. Dick, we are, this is what most America doesn't know. We are $32 trillion in debt as a nation. We are, we are in so much trouble. We spend right now about 8% of our budget on interest payments, and we don't have a dime in the bank. Our country is totally broke. In fact, we go at almost $2 trillion in debt this year alone from what we bring in as a nation to what goes out. And we've been doing it every year. In eight years, we're going to be $50 trillion. We're going to be spending about 14% on interest payments. That's going to be about as much as we spend on the entire defense interest payments. So it reminds me of like this story I heard once of a, a college student coming home to his dad and saying, hey, dad, I want to get a second credit card. His dad's like, what? I don't think you need to do that. And he's like, um, son, is your credit score good? And he goes, mm, you know, dad, I think it is. He's like, why do you think that? Well, they call me every day and tell me my debt's outstanding. That's pretty and, um, funny. That's what our country feels like today. They think their debt is outstanding. It's not outstanding. We're, we can't afford to put interest payments on credit cards of our kids. And so this is what's happening. So we are we, we see some things that are really broken, and it's so broken division-wise. Nobody's solving the health care problem we have today. We have 40% higher inflation in health care. I mean, 30% higher on rents, mortgages, gas, yeah. autos. 
It's weird. People alive. I spoke with a lady the other day at this. Uh, she was checking us in our hotel. And she goes, Ryan, you're running for president. My rent went up from $600 to $1,400. Please do something. I mean, well, this is where we're at. Well, and like, uh, let me ask you this. With COVID happening, that really got me. Because I'm a big conspiracy guy. And, like, you know, words like deep state get me excited. Because I never fully <laughs> under like corruption. I never understood corruption. Because to me, it's just like, oh, you, you, people just can just do whatever they want. And, but, like, it's somehow, like, when COVID happened. Just the guys in charge. Well, <laughs> it's it's more of like when someone tells me racketeering, I'm like, I don't know what that is. Like, I still don't understand what racketeering. I look it up. I read about it. I'm like, I want to see it. Like, I want to see it firsthand. Like, what is racketeering? But uh, but going back to, you know, the rent and all this kind of stuff, it's weird because it's like the catalyst was COVID, but was it? Be, be, it may, yeah, we, if, if that makes Because no one knew the residuals of COVID. No one knew. And maybe you, some you people... Maybe some people did. I don't know. I, but yeah, you know what COVID was, Dick? COVID was the tipping point. So we've been doing this for decades. I mean, we've been going in debt, spending too much money, that kind of stuff. But there's there's some point in time where you have like, you know, you can navigate it. You can make through it. And we kept 0% interest rates for 15 years during this time. So you go all the way back to Obama and, you know, the Fed's keeping interest rates artificially low. Well, that makes what? Home purchase is easy. I can buy more of a house today, 0% down. Why? Because they keep going up in value because they're easier to buy. And so therefore you have this artificially inflated housing market that we have today. And then all of a sudden you've got now uh, us spending so much money, then boom, COVID hits. When COVID hits and they shut down the country and then they print literally trillions of dollars, pay us to stay home, and, and I mean trillions of dollars, and they're flooding the marketplace with cash. I've got friends that got millions of dollars. They didn't really need it. You know, I mean, this is this is the way it is, right? Business. And uh, they're like, this is the only time, you know, you can keep the cash, right? So, I mean, it's, it's just some people really needed it. We needed it for a time, but we were actually able to pay it back. When I talked to uh, our bank and I said, you know, I want to pay it back. They're like, you're the first person that's come to me because we didn't have to. You know, they, they, so they're just giving cash away. So this is the problem. When you give cash away, what happens? Money supply increases so much. That's what's caused the inflation. It's like if you and I were playing Monopoly and all of a sudden we just doubled all the cash on the table and then we started bidding on Park Place. Well, you know, Park Place is more expensive now because you and I got double the cash. That's what's happened and that's what it Yeah, because I, I felt like our government during COVID really failed as a, in a leadership position because no one really... And then, and I guess this is the the blessing and a curse of having fifty states, because every state gets their own right to do whatever they want. So it's kind of like the great experiment. Let's see how we're all gonna, you know, roll with the punches on this COVID thing. But also at the same time, like we we came out of it not stronger. That that's the that was the sad part to me yeah. was there really wasn't like a true shining light at the end of the tunnel. Now everyone's still a butthead. And everyone's still like, what I love about the COVID thing is it's almost like people go have flashbacks where if I sneeze, I get looked at still. And I'm like, it's, you know, people get colds, people like that. that like, people get colds and or there's allergies. They're like, they're like, why aren't you at home? <laughs> yeah. Stuff like that. And I'm like, and, and it's, uh, it was extremely unfortunate, especially like, I think the world came out of it uh, like as less of a, of a happy place. And like no. we're we're not going to recover from that. Like we're going, we shifted. We're not going back to, you know, making the world a better place. We're shifting it. It's weird, 
And I think it's interesting that for someone like you, Ryan Binkley, running for president, this gives me somewhat of hope because people are getting involved. Because right now, I would say from my personal experience with everyone running for president or running for positions, like the only people I care about are my local positions. Because I see them on social media all the time talk about our community. But then at a certain point, when it hits like the state level, I'm like, I don't really care. We have Ted Cruz who goes on the news and just talks trash, and then that's it. Like, I don't really see him do anything. Even though he's from Houston or he lives in Houston, I don't know. If that makes sense. Yeah, you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of that movie Titanic. You know, uh, you know when the ships goes down and the band's out there, and then the captain comes out it's like, "Hey, everybody, keep playing. You know, keep, you know, l- let the music play on, right? So let's yeah. just calm everybody. It's going to be okay." You know, I've been out there quite a bit now for the last four or five months. Most of the Republican candidates, even that you see, you know, are, are just talking about minor things like, "Okay, we need just to, we need to do what Trump did, but have a better." personality you know i'm not as caustic as he is and but you know what this is what most people don't understand president trump went seven and a half trillion dollars in debt underneath his four years he his policies he's not a he's not a fiscal conservative so you just have to know that about him and and most people don't because we like a lot of his policies i mean i supported him both elections but he's not an economist he's not a he doesn't look at money supply as a problem and so I think money supply is a big problem because once you increase it all the more, that's what causes inflation. He thought we could grow out of it, but we really couldn't. So, you know, it's one of these situations where now most Republicans, they don't even know what to do because we haven't we haven't made any cuts in 30 years in our country. We haven't cut anything. You know, we've got a bureaucratic state. We've got hundreds and hundreds of thousands of federal employees up in D.C. We've got now, you know, inflation, as I mentioned, in Medicare and Medicaid. Obamacare recipients, all these guys are, have inflation 40% higher than regular inflation. So we implemented a plan to de-socialize health care. And the way we're going to do that is through competition, price transparency. You wouldn't believe this, but these pharmaceutical drugs, you know, we pay 300% more, 250 to 300% more on drugs than any other nation in the world. And I'm like, why do we do this? We allow them to do this because we give patent extensions 15 and 20 years longer <laughs> than other states do other countries. And so it's like, as soon as we decide to do this right, we can get our costs down. I mean, bring sanity back to Washington, D.C., but also prudently invest. And, and we can do this. It's just going to take a different approach. Well, I want to let uh, listeners know I'm talking to Ryan Binkley. He's running for president. And on his website, Binkley 2024, you can actually, uh, there's a, he has a great area where he talks about the vision and he has the economic plan on there. And he has other things that like he was talking about the health care which is, you know, there's so many multiple issues going on in this world, and it's almost, there's, it's too big to accomplish, to like, to be effective, I feel like, to fix these things. And especially like you're saying with the economic stuff, because I feel like that kind of thing, once it happens, it happens. And it's kind of like the, the, our country, the people in the United States have zero confidence in our government right now, I feel like. No question. You know, that we we trusted them. You know, most most Americans are working 40, 50, 60 hours a week. Yeah, they they trust stewards that, you know, the politicians they hire to help run the country are going to be decent stewards of the money and the resources in our economy. And what happened is, is they violated that trust over and over. I mean, here's why they keep trying to buy votes. 
So they're buying votes today with our children's financial future. So when you look at these guys and they're like, hey, I'm going to give $500 billion and pay college tuition. I was just did a town hall at New England College in New Hampshire, and we had a lot of great students there. And I was saying, let me convince you that it's not in your best interest that we pay for your tuition. And here's how. Because if I do it for you, I got to do it for everybody for the next well, 20 years. And, and like, now, if we do that, that's trillions of dollars. And so that's going to cause you to not be able to buy a house. You can't buy a car. You're going to your your financial future is going to be a wreck all because we just doing this for you. And they all went, oh, OK, I get it now. They just they're yeah. not told the whole story. Yeah, because I was thinking because I'm not an economist. I'm not a I'm not a big money person, meaning like the impact, because that's a lot of cash. And I was thinking if they pay off these student loans, wouldn't that make like with all these schools or, you know, that money's going somewhere, right? That's going towards the schools. It's going towards the government and the banks. And I was like, wouldn't that make school more expensive? Absolutely. It Be all does. Because so if you. Because. You know, yeah. And this, in fact, this is what raising interest rates does, too. So, you know, so we have all this inflation now. And you know what the federal federal, the Fed does? They raise rates. So all the banks are raising their interest rates now. So now a house today. Dick costs about $900 more for an average-sized home in the United States, which is 400000 That house will cost $1,000 more a month for the same price house than it did just two years ago because interest rates went up. So yeah. actually, when they raise rates, that causes inflation as well. But their goal is to actually put people out of work so there's less of a demand for goods and services. So it's the most corrupt, weird way of doing it. My plan is to make prudent cuts. So the only other way to stop inflation is to do something we haven't done in 30 years, and that's balance the budget. So we put together a seven-year economic rescue mm -hmm. plan to balance the budget in seven years. I mean, the federal government's the only entity in the United States. I mean, every state must has to balance the budget. 46 states do. All of our businesses, you do, I do, every church, charity, company I know, except for the federal government. And so this puts us on a balanced budget plan for seven years. And it's it's not too austere. We can do it. See, it's funny. Uh, I was talking about conspiracy and thing. That was one of my conspiracies with the IRS and all that kind of talk about hiring agents and the cryptocurrency that the you know they're talking about. You're saying that the uh, the U.S. government wanted to do their own crypt cryptocurrency kind of thing is because they wanted they needed cash on hand because they needed to collect this money because like you said they like they know it's not good going forward. And like we need to have this cash on hand because right now we're in the red and we need to figure out how to collect because we're doing a horrible job collecting. And that's what I was like when they started talking about that crypto thing and they started talking yeah. about the IRS. I was like, yeah, I think they're finally waking up and realizing they need to start collection. And then crypto makes it a lot easier to, like you said, track, but also you can send it to them directly, like instantly. And so it's just. Oh, wow. Because there is a benefit to the crypto world, but it's also like, yeah, if the government they're they're gonna come get they're gonna come get their no, money. So no, they want you're right. They want visibility to every purchase that you make. They want to be in control. And this is where we're losing our freedoms today. And that's the reason we call our campaign message the way to freedom. Yeah. yeah. Because what happened is, you know, our nation was created to be this place of freedom with freedom of press, freedom of speech, freedom of trade, assembly, worship. But all of our freedoms due to too much debt, corruption right now. All our freedoms are getting infringed upon every single day. And now they're going on oversight into your private purchases, every single thing. So listen, there's a better way. It's just using wisdom financially. You know, our plan like cuts non-discretionary spending 2%. 
basically freezes spending, basically says, you know, hey, quit increasing so much. And, you know, if you if you had a big debt, you know, what would you do? You'd say, okay, we got to get together in the family and, and quit spending so much money. That's all we have to do. And you can come out of it. We can as well. We just have to bring sanity to Washington, D.C. And that's one reason I'm running. The other is, is that we're in a cultural crisis, you know, and our party is stuck. You know, I'm a Republican. We have zero message for college students, zero message for urban America. You know, we lost 46 of the top 50 cities President Trump did in the last election. So he lost all of them almost. All the big cities went to Joe Biden. Here in Texas, we lost Dallas, Houston, San Antonio, Austin, Fort Worth for the first time in 65 years. So we have a new plan to kind of go in and, and give an alternative to socialism for the poor, the middle class, and urban America and college students. So it's we have to come up with something new. Yeah, because and that's one thing I will say about your website. You don't really know if you're a Republican or a Democrat, which I think that is not just like a smart thing to do, but it's also when people perceive politicians, no one trusts that. They're like, oh, I don't really want to know what this guy's about. But again, your first battle is the Republican primary. So uh, I know you got a lot going on, and you're do you're you're moving around, and you're talking about you're in Iowa. And then I guess you're going to Wisconsin uh, in October because, like you informed me before we started the interview, I didn't really think of, oh, we're, aren't we voting next year? Why are you already doing all this stuff? But apparently one of the 50 states, they start like right now. Oh, yeah. So, I've been out for four months now. And so that's insane to me. Caucus, and so, you know, we have candidates that go in there all the time doing meetings, you know, that kind of stuff. And they're holding a lot of big meetings. And, uh, and so it's exciting time. You know, we, um, we have to really get the ball rolling, really start connecting and doing well in, in Iowa, New Hampshire. We're spreading our message out now. We've been to Florida, Georgia, Texas, of course. I've been to Wisconsin, Indiana. And we're going to more places now as so we're invited to some of the bigger meetings because, you know, America's getting ready and they'll be here before you know it. And I'm not a nationally known candidate. You know, I'm not a billionaire. We're a grassroots candidate sharing this message. It's time to have a true economic revival and a spiritual revival. You know, we're so divided in our country. So uh, I'm glad that you said my my message doesn't look like some far right wing conspiracy. Yeah. Or, or, but, you know, and the reason is, is because there's a lot of politicians that will just throw what I would call it red meat to the wolves. You know what? Hey, we're going to <clears throat> we're going to shut down every other department in the Washington, D.C. That's happening a lot right now because uh, of the corruption you see in the FBI. You know, the, it doesn't matter what it is. Or we're going to put the military on the border. We're going to shoot people when they come across. You wouldn't believe the stuff that I'm hearing. I mean, it's pretty amazing. Oh, it's, it's insane. I love it. And so, you know, we, we have a true plan to secure the border, you know, with funds. We have a funding mechanism that Donald Trump didn't have. And uh, we, it's good. it can get done. But we also need to have a plan for the immigrants that are here. You know, we can't shoot people across the border just because they have a, you know, I, I told one person, I said, listen, the cartels aren't putting their kingpin cartels with a backpack on with drugs. They're, they're kidnapping teenagers and smuggling and threatening them. You know, the right thing to do is arrest them. And, and actually send them back or arrest them. It's it's not to shoot them. So we've got to we got to remember who we are as people and then do it right and handle this the correct way. We have to secure our border. So our plan does that. It's a thirty billion dollar plan and it secures it from coast to coast. Um, that's one thing President Trump did. He didn't have money. So we are, this one actually has funding and it's actually a bipartisan plan because because we have so much fentanyl coming in. I think it's going to kill likely 100,000 people this year, Dick. And most Republicans and Democrats are just fighting, not doing anything. So my plan is let's get together and get a real solution for it. Yeah, because that's one thing I, I have learned about our, our, the current state of the government is when we do face a trial, we we do not respond quickly and effectively. And then usually what happens is we 
find ourselves with our pants down. You're like, uh, what do, what just happened? And, right. and we don't really do anything to recover from it. That's the sad part. Uh, but you know, that's why we get people like Ryan Binkley running for president because that's the result. But, uh, Ryan, is there anything else you want to talk about? You know, I think just tell everybody have hope, you know, yeah. start believing again. You know, we're going to come out of this. I really do think this, you know, we're in a lot of trouble. I, I kind of look at it as almost a perfect storm. And this, this is what the perfect storm is, Dick. It's inflation that keeps happening. And then when the Fed keeps raising rates, what that does is that causes a recession. So if you go back 50 years ago in the 70s, you know, we had basically um, stagflation, which was stagnant growth with inflation. And we haven't seen that in a long time. But that's the kind of thing that I think we're headed into. Even though the stock market is high, there's a lot of things that are happening with the banks. So I met with a regional bank owner uh, just the other day in Iowa. And if the Fed keeps raising rates, their banks can be really pressured downward. And the reason is, is because for 15 years, they bought treasury bills to secure all of our deposits. But when the Fed raises rates so fast, like 11 times in five months, then all of a sudden their assets are worth like 80 cents on the dollar. Yeah. So they're not prepared for um, an inflationary move of raising rates. This could cripple the economy, almost shut it down. You see a lot of bank failures. You know, we saw three bank, big bank failures earlier this year. And I don't know if you remember those, but you remember Silicon Valley Bank, First Republic yeah. Bank, Signature Bank. Now, those three banks were the size of 25 banks in 2008. They were huge banks. And so we have to be really, really careful. And um, and so I, I believe it's time for us to navigate this with wisdom. We need new leadership that's not going to keep doing the same thing. I'm, I'm not going to be a Republican that's going to say, hey, let's just keep spending money. Because Republicans spend as much money on Democrats just on different things. We have to do it right. We have to end the war in Ukraine. We have to do some things strong to make us strong here. And when we're strong here, we'll be strong internationally. You know, Xi Jinping in China is not even listening to us today. He'll listen to us when we have a strong U.S. dollar, when we're energy independent, and when we're out of debt. When we start focusing on these things, we'll, America will continue to lead. Well, Ryan, thank you so much. That was an inspiring end to our conversation. Again, folks, you can find all the information about Ryan Binkley on the description in the description below. It's Binkley2024.com for all of his information and stuff like that. So make sure to follow Ryan for the United President of the United States. You've been listening to Mornings of Lone Star here on Lone Star Community Radio. We're gonna get back to some songs. Don't forget, you can always let us know what you want to hear here on Mornings of Lone Star. Just hit us up on social media or just email us at mornings of Star at gmail.com. Ryan, thank you so much again, and we'll see you later, man. Thank you. Look forward to staying in touch. Take care.